Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. If I was to tell you that, like, your wardrobe that you wear every day, if I was to tell you that I have, like, all of this better wardrobe over here, (laughs) would you instantly, like, pick up that wardrobe and start wearing it? Start wearing it? There's no way. Uh, no, Andy, I'm telling you, like, it's cheaper. I got clothes over here that are cheaper. It's cheaper, and I'm going to look gonna better, They're going to make you right? look way better. And guess what? They're even more comfortable than the clothes you're wearing right now. They're more comfortable. Yeah. But I have clothes right now, and I have all these clothes, <laughs> and I've, I've chosen these clothes over a long, long period of time. Dude, I'm telling you, though, these are way better. <laughs> this is way better clothes over here. You don't want to do that? Like, and you know this. You know, like, you, you, you... You may not want to look better. I think you got a great style. It's not going to totally change your style. Okay. It's going to enhance your style. Okay, gotcha. Okay? It's going to make you look sharp. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not going to change your style. Everything everything about it, like you're intrigued by it, mm-hmm. but you're not going to buy it. You're not going to buy the clothes? I'm not going to buy the clothes. Why? Well, the thing is, like, that's a big change in my life. Like, I, I've built all these clothes over a long time, right? This, <laughs> this look that I have going for me, mm-hmm. and I know these clothes. I, I hear great things about your clothes, but I don't know them. Mm, I don't I don't really know that well. So should I actually, you know, just just drop everything and just try all of your clothes? Dude, they're better. They're better. I, we we dude, I did we did all the remember when we came and talked to you about all like what kind of clothes you like, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. We made these clothes for you, dude. We made this whole entire rack of clothing for you. And you're not gonna you're not gonna change? I don't know. I mean, I've invested so much into these clothes now. Emotional, you know, actual cost into these. I could afford it. I could get those new clothes, and that'd be great. But it's it's a big change, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm, I, if, I might, hey, hey, I might want to try like one or two articles of clothing. <laughs> what if I give them all to you free? Would you wear them? Would I wear them? If I gave them all to you free, would you actually wear them? I think so. I might wear some. Mm, now you're thinking. No, I think I might wear in? some. The cost is coming in. Yeah, I might actually try that out. Um, but if you're asking me to drop all of my clothes. That's what I'm asking you to and do. And to take just the clothes that you're offering me, that's what I'm worried about. This is not a mix in blended in with your normal clothing. This is you. We're going to burn everything else you have. Currently. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, these clothes, they, they have <laughs> they have a story. You know, we've been together. We've been through so much. So um, I am I'm on board with trying new things, but I'm not on board with dropping one thing mm. entirely over a brand new thing. I see. I see how you are. <laughs> You're like every user on the planet. Yes. <laughs> just trying to illustrate a point, right? Of like, just because we make something better for people doesn't mean they're actually going to use it. Yeah. Even if they know 100% that it's better for them. Even if you've you've gone through the whole process and you've shown them this thing, they're like, whoa, this could change my life. Yeah. They're still like, um, like, yeah. "Eh, (laughs) Do I want to do it or not? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Especially if it's all or nothing, like if it's a replacement thing. Yeah. Right? It's better to blend it in. It's better to say like, I'm going to give you 10. I'm going to give you, like you were really interested when I said free Uh until the point where it's like, but we have to replace all your clothes. You're like, "No, no, 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 I'll try it out. Yeah. I'll put it in. I'll mix it in with my new, with my old wardrobe. But I'm not going to just wholesale like do this other thing. Exactly. Right? And I think I think the thing is like is you have to like find some value, 
like small value. Um, I have the same problem when I'm like getting new shoes. Yeah. Um, I wear my shoes for a long time until they're like they're broken down. And so when I go to these new shoes, you you go to a store and you try them on. I have bought shoes online and it's not that great because you get them home and you're like, oh, these suck. Now I have to take them all, you know, send them back and get new ones. But when you go to the store, you are trying them on to see what that initial value is like. What's it like to walk around in those, in somebody else's moccasins? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a great metaphor. <laughs> but walking around in these shoes, you want to get these this value. So I, as a, as a user of your new clothes, I wanted to try them, see what it's like in my life. Yeah. Not entirely drop my whole lifestyle and change everything and shake it all up. Yep. I think this is something we need to get out of our brains is UX designers and product managers and developers is just because we offer something to our, to a client base, to a user base, to a customer base that we know, and we've done deep research, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's say we've done a completely unbiased research. <laughs> it still doesn't matter. There comes a point where the user has to evolve into that right? Yes. They have to move into that. And nobody's, I've never met a user that's like, I'll drop everything to do that. No. Unless it's like, unless it's like a total mind blowing thing. But users are skeptical about everything. They are. Users don't hate change. They want change, Mm -hmm. but they're skeptical about that change. And they don't want to, they want to, they want to test it out, dip their toe in the water. They want to take a test drive, whatever the analogy, walk, you know, walk a mile in the shoes first kind of thing. Like, Whatever the analogy is, they want to test it out. So we should be designing products. Like in my mind, we're, we're kind of going through this. We should design products that like we have this new product, but does the new product allow them to – can we can we move this new product into their current workflow now or their current life now and add benefit even if they don't use the entire product yet? Exactly. Right? Yeah. If I get I, them to kind of use it a little if bit. If I could try one of your T-shirts, I have, you know, my – my, my clothes laid out for the week, but if I can add one of your t-shirts into my thing, I can say, like, oh, this is actually yeah. really comfortable. I could start using these a lot more. This You're going to start great. pulling them more from the rack. You start to see the value, Exactly. Right? But you don't, like, if we have, if, if our users have 10 things we want them to do, right, they're not going to try all 10 of those things out, I don't think, initially. Yeah. And a lot of our products are complicated like that. They're not, like, one thing, you know. It's not like Uber, oh, it just replaces this. It just does this one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of B2B applications are deeper than that. They're more complex. And so it's like, well, let's get them to do this thing and this thing and this thing before we get them to do the really powerful thing. Yes. And that's totally fine. We we should consider that a success. Oh, I definitely agree. Right? And I think, and there's, there's differences here because you could have a B2B product that's just a small piece of their workflow. Um, mm-hmm. Like it could be a Slack sort of thing, like, Part of my work, I'm communicating and I'm doing email and stuff. Slack is just replacing one piece of my workflow. It's not like the biggest piece for a lot of people, yeah. Um, but it's just like a small piece that adds lots of value. So if your if your company does that and you you have the the small piece that you're just taking of, you're, you're probably okay. If you are a company that's offering a tool that's very big, it's the main part of their workflow. It's going to be a big deal. Trying to get us to switch from Sketch to Figma. That's going to yeah. be hard to do because that's our like main tool. We're using that so much. Um, they have to offer so many, so many really compelling reasons to get us to move over. Um, so it's 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 something to consider definitely yeah. when you're building the the main tool for your user. Mm-hmm. You have to consider their habitat. Yes, not just their needs and goals and wants and all that stuff, their desires and all that crap. Yeah, like you you actually need to consider their habitat where they currently live, mm-hmm. and you're telling you're telling them they got to change their habitat. 
Yeah. Like they know it's better, but are they really going to change their habitat? They're used to it. They're comfortable. It's great. And they're going to pay you to change their habitat. Yeah. That's they're like, like hey, so much, you pay you. so much pain. <laughs> yeah. Does it add that much value? Probably not. And most products don't probably don't cross that gap. Yeah. I would say, I would say the majority of them don't actually cross that gap first try. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, so it's like, no, you need to show them the habitat. Educating them doesn't work either. I mean, that only gets you. So I can sit here and educate you on the sweet, sweet ass new wardrobe uh-huh. for you. But at the end of the day, you're only going to try one piece at a time. Exactly. <laughs> Even if I talk you into buying the entire wardrobe for, you know, $12,000, you're going to try one piece and then you're still going to be mad at me for talking you into Exactly. And that's a really important point. So uh, important point because like you could have a really great salesperson. You could sell Mm -hmm. me this thing. You could sell me this life that I see is my better life of wearing these amazing shirts. But that's a great point that if I do, you know, get pressured or if I, you know, finally just go through with this sale, I'm still going to only try one thing and just do that. And so I'm going to like, I'm going to have like buyer's remorse potentially Uh and, you know, feel really upset if I just find out that this huge change in my life Turned out to be, it turned out to not work super well, yeah. right? So it was. It's the downfall of the Cutco knife. I'm telling you right now. Did you did you sell Cutco knives? No, I didn't. You never sold the Cutco knives. No, I haven't. You're sold from knives. Utah, right? <laughs> I'm from Utah. <laughs> I interviewed. I, so I interviewed actually for a job to sell did. knives. <laughs> I don't know if it was Cutco, but I, I honestly did interview. It had to have been Cutco, and I decided not to go through with it because mm. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah, it's no high pressure cell <laughs> Cutco knives. They're fantastic knives. Yeah, and so the, and so fantastic. just to clarify for those who may not be from Utah, don't don't know this. There's a, a company that where you go, you're a salesperson, you have these knives that are like kitchen knives, right? They're mm. not like you know murder knives. They're I mean, like they can be used for murder as well. <laughs> they could. No, no, we're not gonna let's not limit <laughs> what you can do with these knives. That's true, but that's not really the sales pitch, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh, these knives are the kind that like will cut through a boot, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cut a penny and a half. <laughs> cut a penny and a half. Like they're pretty sweet, and they don't like. I can cut one penny, and then I can go cut a quarter, uh-huh. and not even like <laughs> it doesn't even hurt the like it doesn't hurt the steel. It's like Valerian steel or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, so they but you, it's a multi-level marketing. Yes, thing, one right? of those fun things. So you. you're supposed to when you're a teenager, they hook you into getting. I'll give you your knife set. You take this knife set. I'll give it to you. It's a three hundred thousand dollar value. Yeah. I'll give it to you. You go. You go. Tell your friends about it. You go tell your parents about it because they they tell you. You know you're supposed to. Friends and family are the people that are going to buy from you initially. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you go and you do that, and then you destroy all your relationships with your friends and family because they don't want to buy knives from you, and it's like a super high pressure type thing. Mm-hmm. But they're really good knives. Like the product is really good. Yeah. Now the way it's presented is probably not really good. But if I was to present you that set of knives, you know, after you've seen the demonstration, you're like, yes, I want those knives. And then I'm like, okay, so buy them for seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah. And then you you walk away going, man, I got some knives for. It. But why did I spend seventeen thousand dollars on these knives? Like, yeah, like my boots are. I don't need to cut through my yeah, boots. I right kind now. of regret this already. I can already cut with my knives right now. Yeah. So then it devalues the product, right? Yes. And I think we do that a ton with sales and marketing. We devalue the product. We know it's better, and mm-hmm. because we know it's better, we want to get all the value that we can get from it. But we don't understand. We don't take into consideration the user's habitat. And what they're going through is like, I don't want to, I, no, I'm comfortable. I get that that's way better, but I'm comfortable. And so like, I don't want to pay yeah. that much money to, 
to like learn a new thing. And, you know, uh, that just seems like a headache to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you want to ease them into that experience, right? You want to provide a little bit of ease into that experience. And our products need to do that. We can't just force our products onto everybody. Yeah. If you gave me or made a, a one knife that was really cheap and I could just use it, and I started using this knife, like, well, this thing cuts great. Yeah. Like I can I can slice my oranges like nothing, right? And mm-hmm. my life is better. I might want to buy a second knife. <clears throat> I might want to buy a third knife, not an entire set of knives. Because I don't need yeah, an entire yeah. set of knives. You're like, no, I just wanna I just I I make garlic bread twice a week. I just wanna I just want a bread knife. Yeah. Let me let me pick up a bread knife. You use a bread knife for three weeks. And it's every time I every time I take it out of its sheath, right? Uh-huh. And I cut my bread. I see that Cutco lo- logo. I'm like, man, I'm like, damn, this is a good knife, dude. <laughs> I wonder if they have more knives. Yes. Like that's brand loyalty. Brand loyalty is not selling the brand loyalty is not a logo, right? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think designers, we need to get rid of that. It's not a logo and typeface. Brand loyalty, it's not a marketing website. Brand loyalty is the actual product they're using. It's the experience. And if they have a good experience with that product and a good experience with your company, mm-hmm. you build an instant brand. Right, That's and then right. after that, you can charge, you can charge them a ton of money for the other, for the other knives. Yeah, you're right? you're you're, you're a Cutco person now. Yeah, and you are gonna high pressure your friends because you want their lives to be better. Yeah, and they'll be able to come to your house and play with your Cutco knives. Yeah, and I come to your house and I'm like, hey, I want to show you this knife set, and you're like, dude, I'm not ready to to, to buy a knife set. I'm like, okay, okay. Let me just show you the one bread. Let me just show you your bread knife. I know you got a bread knife. I don't want to disturb the rest of your stuff. Keep the other old knives that you got from Walmart. Yeah. That's fine. But I just want to show you this one knife. Show you the one knife. You're in. You use that one knife. And now you're like, maybe I should replace the rest of my knives. This thing's pretty hot. Yeah. Right? Yes. Bam. Done. <laughs> All right. That wasn't the that wasn't the actual topic of our podcast, but was it? No. That wasn't from the topic machine generator. It wasn't. But that's a good topic people should yeah. consider. Do you feel like you, you got that out of your system? It's like, out. My rant is done. Your rant is done. <laughs> <laughs> Just something on the brain, Andy. I think I think it's a great thing to have on the brain. And it related it rela- we were gonna have this conversation outside of the recording. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, oh wait, we should record this. And it happened. Yeah. Here we are. Okay. Are you firing up the Yes, I'm starting up the machine. I just added some gas to it, so it's it's doing well. Um, so I am going to. <laughs> did you use the? Did you did you pump it up a couple of times with the choke on? It's been a week. Yeah, You're in I full did. choke mode. I did. Yeah, okay. we're. I think we're ready to go. Pull the string three times, Ooh, then just... put it in. Then put it into full choke, and or put it into full. What do they call that? Take yeah. it out of choke, and uh-huh. then pull it. Fourth, the fourth time, it'll yeah, fire. and then I pulled out the cartridge and blowed on it, you know. Yeah, then you pull it the back in, out, put it back in, but you put it in slightly, and then when you close it, when you push it down, <laughs> when you push the cartridge down, it's got a rub on the front part, exactly. So it makes good contact. <laughs> it's a finicky thing, it's, you know, it's, it's complicated, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not a cutco machine. No, it isn't. Um, maybe someone will give us a new generator in the future. <laughs> Um, but today's topic, randomly picked, um, comes from a bunch of people, actually. So a it doesn't come from people? one individual, um, but <sighs> from a group of Dev Mountain students. Um, today's topic is the day in the life of a designer. Oh, um, man. In parentheses, junior designer. So what's the day in the life of a junior designer? 
this coming from yeah. um, people who want to get into um, designing, into UX product design, and um, they want to know what, what the actual day in life is. So these are from students getting into the field. Man, do you remember what the day in life was? Of a when junior? You started? When you started? Well, I guess... I guess when we started, it was a totally different. Yeah, world. times times were different, Patrick. Yeah, crime crime was a lot higher back then. I had to walk uphill both ways to work. Yeah, bell bottoms. We we wore bell bottoms a lot. Yes, yes. Your afro, Jankos. by the way, your afro is wonderful. Dude, I I didn't I've never had an afro, but you did actually have an afro. We're not supposed to talk about this. We're not. <laughs> I still want to see that picture of you with your afro. So I don't actually think I have a picture of me with my afro. I, I don't know where one is. So. I will show you the picture of me with long hair. I've seen your long hair picture. I've oh, seen I that s- one. I showed it to you already. You've seen my long hair, like my dreads picture. You've yeah, seen you that. Yeah, that was it's pretty hot. Too. Yeah, that was hotter than the afro. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> someday we'll get the afro picture from, someday. from Andy. We'll, we'll put it on the podcast so you can all see it. Maybe. Or we can see it, but you won't be able to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'll just show it to you, and you all can hear his reaction. Yeah. Here it is. Ah! <laughs> um, day in the life of a designer. So junior designers are wondering what it's like to be a designer. They probably think it's all glitz and glam, and like they probably think it's like you know, just there's like just all kinds of cool stuff happening. Is that the case, Andy? Yes. You don't think cool stuff is happening? Well, I mean, I, th- I think they feel like there's something more to it than just <laughs> sitting at your desk doing design work. <laughs> I, w- I would say there is, man. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I, I like my job. But it, it sounds like you, you're I finding it job, really boring. Mostly it's the people I work with. Okay. The designers <laughs> on my team. <laughs> they just make my life miserable. <laughs> All of the designers, or is it like the team you're working on with the developers? No, like, not the developers. It's the nice designers on your team. Yeah, developers designers. are wonderful. It's the designers that it's just the designers. I don't know who hired them, but whoever hired them didn't <laughs> yeah. know how to hire very well. So now I got to <laughs> deal with them. But they, but uh, no, the day design designing's fun. It's really. fun. I would say it's not the same as as what every day. Well, yeah, I think there's elements of routine every day. Yeah, like, like you're gonna follow something, like in terms yeah. of what you're doing, but I would agree it is different. Um, you're doing something different typically on a daily basis, yeah. depending on where you are and you're in a project. Um, but yeah. So, so depending on any, any, every day, every day you're probably gonna, you're gonna have, you're gonna work with a developer of some kind every day. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna have an interaction with a developer every day. At least you should. Yeah, you should be. Maybe some days you don't as much. A, a lot of your day is probably gonna be at your desk um, you know, working on a UI and Sketch or Figma or something like that. Because that's, like we talked about before, that's kind of like the craft part. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time-consuming aspect of your day is going to be heads down, probably working on layouts or experimenting with a design, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're probably going to have some kind of conversation about design um, fundamentally every day. Um, I would hope you have some kind of contact whatsoever with a customer on a daily basis. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that necessarily happens. Like, hey, let's go have a customer interview. I don't think customer interviews happen on a daily basis, but you might hear an anecdote. You know, you might hear something from the support team about a customer saying this or whatever that sparks a little insight. Yeah, you might look um, at um, watch some <clears throat> user videos, some user sessions. Yeah, um, that counts as a contact as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you might look at some some data, some analytics of what's going on with users. 
Um, but it's always definitely good. Yeah, you're, you're getting some sort of information daily about what's going on yeah. in your world. So what happened? Let's, this might be better. What did you do from start to finish yesterday? Yesterday. What was your day like? Um, I'm not sure if I can remember that far back. You woke up in the morning. You I woke up in the morning. You bypassed the shower. You're like, I don't need to shower. <laughs> Sprayed yourself down with some Max Body Spray. That's right. <laughs> my, you picked your Afro. I picked my Afro. Okay. Yeah, don't you use a pick to pick up the Afro <laughs> yeah, like that? Yeah, I do. So then you do that. Then you came into work. You drove into work in your Ferrari. You got a Ferrari, right? Yep. You got a Ferrari. Actually, I have a Tesla. Ferraris are out. Ferraris are out? Yeah, you, got, you have to get a Tesla up. now. That's the way it works. You jump in your Tesla. Yeah. And then you show up. And it drives me to work. And then I get here. (laughs) I do like how it said, it drives me to work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why Ferraris are out. It's a very distinct (laughs) difference. You didn't drive it to work, it drove you. It drove me to work while I was like surfing Instagram or something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so my morning happened. I got here at work, right? Um, yesterday, so my Mondays are typically like heavier in meetings. So this is one thing as well. Meetings do happen as a designer. You are doing lots of communicating, whether that be with another team that you're working with on a similar project, um, with your, um, your, the team you're working on. Um, so what we did is we came here, we had our company stand up where, you know, we, mm-hmm. everyone was telling us about stuff about what's going on with the company. Um, and then, and that was about an hour, right? Yes, that was about an hour. Um, other things that happened yesterday is I also did get a little bit of time to get back to my computer and did exactly what you were talking about. Started working with some UI, some concepts of um, a design that I'm working on now. Um, in between that, I talked with developers about other random things, like they would just kind of ping me and ask me a question about a, a project or a, a JIRA ticket. Mm-hmm. And um, I give answers and we talk about, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, we also had a planning meeting as a team. So our, our team, the Red Squad, we got together and talked about um, the things that we can work on this week. So we went over the tickets and those designs that um, our developers can start work on. And they had questions about existing ones. We talked about bugs together. Um, so we always have that like on Mondays. Um, and then... We also got together later as designers to go over um, a tool we're using called Matomo. This tool allows us to um, watch, uh, basically capture user sessions in in the form of video recordings. And so a bunch of us designers got together and had a training on that. And we talked about um, ways that we can use it to to enhance our our flow. Um, And after that, I got back to work a little bit on UI some more. And that was my day. Yeah. And then today, me and you kind of have intersecting days today. Yes. But today, you you had, I assume you had some kind of stand-up in the morning. Not exactly. Morning. Not today. No. But we had a meeting with another squad where we talked about uh, user experience is going to cross the two ownership squads. Mm-hmm. Right? So we had another sync-up meeting on that to make sure everybody's aligned with the direction we're going. Um then I had a mentor session with one of the other designers, one of our new designers. Uh, we were going over some design principles, talked about visual hierarchy today. Nice. Um, so they're learning more, some of the basic uh, junior designer, learning more basic stuff. Um, then I had, I don't know what you did after that other meeting. I had that one and then I went and got a drink 
uh, uh, ate some Lay's potato chips and I came in here. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we're doing a peer review. I got a peer review for another employee right after this. So we do, we're going through and doing our yearly um, employee reviews. Mm-hmm. So we do this thing where we do a peer review, right? So that the managers can get feedback from everyone. So I have that. It's in a, it's a PM. It's a product manager. I was chosen. I was selected by the committee to go peer review them. You were, you were selected by the product manager to peer, peer review him, right? Apparently, yeah. Yeah, because you're really popular. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then later this afternoon, we have a shadow coming in. So we have a, a, a woman coming in from another company. Or, yeah, I think she's working. She's going to come in and shadow us as designers. Mm-hmm. So I think she's going to shadow you and Chelsea a little bit, maybe, yeah. in your pair design. But you guys have pair design. Where you get together and bounce ideas off of each other, right? That's right. From each other. Yeah, those are helpful. So we meet like uh, we meet twice a week, <clears throat> and um, basically both of us will go t- over like what what we're working on and ask for feedback from the other designer. Yeah. Um, and that's always very helpful. So it's a good learning mentor session kind of thing there too. Yeah. Um, and then later this afternoon we have our design stand up. So we get together as a design team and go over what we're working on. And talk about how it could possibly intersect with other people, mm-hmm. other projects people are working on. Um, and then to cap off the day, we've got another quick meeting, a little half an hour meeting. Is it, I think you're in there too. No. I'm not in this one. It's me and your PM. That's where I'm confused. <laughs> um, we're having a little meeting to go over prioritizing a UX enhancement board. So we have a, we have a, a Google spreadsheet of all these like little things that customers complain about, kind of like paper cut issues in the user experience, like disjoint the user experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna prioritize those with a PM and, and one of our directors of engineering this afternoon and prioritize how we're gonna how we're gonna start working on some of those and who's gonna work on those. Yeah. So there's there's lots of different things going on, lots of different projects. Um calendar is your best friend. When you're working, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, but then to my day tomorrow is totally different. Yeah, what's your day tomorrow? Mine's, mine's pretty much pretty similar, actually. Yeah. It's just pretty open tomorrow. Yeah. I have less open time than you because I'm in more of the cross-functional meetings. Yes. In my role. But um, I think that would be the only difference, really, because I, I still do design work a little bit, so mm-hmm. I still kind of follow that same pattern. Um, last night, I came in. I, I worked last night be honest uh i worked uh on a side project and on um work stuff last night for about two or three hours um when it was quiet you came did you come into the office and i did come into the office nice okay because i don't have a place at home to really work with a big monitor and focus yeah sometimes i'll come in the office there's a lot more snacks here yeah and scooters that you can ride yeah i don't have a dr pepper machine at home you don't no oh man i thought they paid you a lot better uh, no, it turns out no. <laughs> I get paid in Dr. Pepper when I'm here. That's yeah, basically that's it. it. Um, no, so you know, I mean, I think there's a reality sometimes that you might want, you might have to, especially in a startup world. Sometimes during the day, you have a lot of meetings, and that's not to say everybody think has this bad connotation about meetings. Mm-hmm. I think the meetings we had today were super important and super fruitful already, yeah. um, and help move the needle on everything and help me clarify things and help everybody align on the same page. Like they're very collaborative meetings. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and those aren't bad things. I think sometimes we think those are bad and that you're most productive when you're staring at your computer screen. Um, I think you have to have that time. Yeah, you need time you have to, to actually have, do the craft work. There has to be some balance there. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, And so I think sometimes, like yesterday, I had a really busy meeting day. I had a really heavy meeting day, but I did need to get some stuff done. So mm-hmm. I came in last night to do it um, or work from home or whatever. Um, but then like my Friday, I'm looking at my calendar Friday. I'm I'm golden, man. I got I got all day to work on design stuff. Oh, okay. I got all day to do UI. So if I wanted to schedule lots of meetings to like just complain about all mm-hmm. the people I work with, then I can I can just hit you yeah, up you on for Friday. That. You can do that Friday. Friday you're open. Okay. Friday from nine <laughs> from nine to two. Nine to two. I'm wide open. And okay. then we have this yoga thing at two. Have you ever been to yoga? No. <laughs> Who goes to yoga class? I don't somebody. We does. all they got the invite, so it's always on my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go to yoga. I should because my back, I need to stretch my back out. Oh, you should go to yoga. Yeah. Yeah. I should go to yoga. Get get your yoga mat and go, man. I should do it. No, but I think it's a balance between, um, I think a day in the life of a designer is a balance between collaborating and then isolating yourself to work on the craft part and then collaborating and then isolating. It's, it's a back and forth. Yeah. Right? It's a push pull. Yeah. And it's all important, you know. I think there's meetings that aren't important. And if you feel like a meeting isn't important, like I've told you guys, mm-hmm. just don't go to them. Like yeah, exactly. If, they, if, you, if they're not effective, just blow it off. I do it all the time. It's probably bad, but I do it all the time. I don't too. know if it is bad. <laughs> I don't know if it is. I don't. I honestly don't. But, I mean, like, that's that's my typical, like, life as a designer is, like, the the balance between those meetings and my you know my work crafty time to mm-hmm. do that stuff the only time that that really drastically changes is if we are like in heavy research mode or like testing mode um, and when uh, the difference there is actually we'll we'll schedule calls for the entire day with customers yeah. where I won't be in meetings with anybody else I won't be doing any design I just have like my list of questions and we just get on these calls and we talk to people or or maybe we're gonna go visit somebody right yeah that's that's when uh, my my time at work will drastically change but other than that it's pretty similar to what we've described would you say a day if if you were at your if you were at your desk if you're sitting at your desk most of the day, say you have a couple of meetings you got to launch, but you're at your yeah. desk working on UI all day, or contrast that with you're on customer calls all day. When you go home, when you jump into your Tesla and it <laughs> drives you home, are you more tired on the days that you've been working on UI most of the day, or are you more tired on the days that you interview and talk to people? Um, the interviewing and talking to people is, for some reason, so exhausting. It is so, <laughs> so much draining. work. Like after the first call, you're like, okay. Oh man, okay. Let me let me go get a break. But it's usually like back to back, you know. Like it's, I think just like because you're actively listening and you're actively like you know trying to like gather this information. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's there's so much brain power that goes into yeah. that. Well, and you're not sitting there with your headphones on listening to your favorite podcast. Yeah, you know, or Tool. I don't know if you heard, but Tool is all over the place now. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, you're 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 more engaged almost mentally. Yes. Like days where I have, uh, where I've had even like one contextual inquiry, I'm just like exhausted. Yeah. Like it's just like so much focus. You're talking a lot with the people you're with. Mm -hmm. You talk to the people for an hour and a half. You have all these like, you have all these like, uh, 
like you have all these inside moments, right? Like there's all this stuff like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's crazy. That's nuts. And like, I think that is like overload. Like Mm -hmm. it's like fireworks going off in your head all day long versus like when you're in front of your computer working for four or five hours, it's pretty like, it's enjoyable in a different way. It's more Zen-like. Yeah. And you don't have as much like combustion going on in your head. Does that make any sense? Oh, it totally does. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel. Like it's, it's, um, not as hard, honestly, even if you're like intensely focused on the design you're working on, it's like challenging. Like that is not even close to being or giving me the, the type of exhaustion that I get from, yeah. you know, talking to users and customers and being so into those conversations. It's, it's a lot. Well, and when I was in school, uh, when I was in college, the, the, I thought the active part of my job was the designing, like the, the UI designing part of my job, right? Yeah. Like sitting down and like moving things around and drawing boxes and like, you know, doing photography things or whatever, like that kind of stuff on my computer. I thought that was the active part of my job, but I quickly learned when I got a job that that was the Zen part of my job. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that's the, that's, that's literally like back in the day, that's when I would put on my headphones and pump Skrillex and just <laughs> chill out, right? Yeah. Which sounds weird, but just like, you're just, you're just, you're just in the, you're just in that zone. Right. And you feel creative and you're that, that kind of stuff. It's the going out and talking to people and collaborating with others mm-hmm. that becomes the super active, uh, physical part of your job. Totally. It's kind of, and I think, I think most people in school aren't ready for that because you don't do that in school. Yeah, that's very true. Like all you do is like you, I mean, I didn't exactly study this in school, but I assume like you get this thing and they say, go, go design it, right? And yeah. this is your deliverable as a designer is this this piece of whatever that you're delivering. Yeah. <laughs> piece of whatever. Piece of whatever. A bunch of pixels. A piece of pixels that you're delivering. Hey, Andy, this is your piece of whatever. <laughs> go take that over there. It's a bad accent. Sorry. Did you, is it, where did you go to school? Something in, came out. Did you go to school in out. Canada? Is I went to school in Minnesota. <laughs> hey. <laughs> is my terrible Minnesota accent. Um, no, I don't think, I think if I was to tell a junior designer, like somebody at Dead Mount or somebody at UVU or somebody wherever is learning, it's like, you don't even know the active part of your job yet. Yeah. Like the only thing you're focused on right now is the craft. And that's about 50% of your job. When and, you the, get a job. and the interesting thing is like the craft, I'm, there's a, there's a lot to it, but I say like the active part is like a really hard part, like being really good at collaborating, being really good at listening and like asking the right questions is super hard. Like yeah. the part where you're actually interacting with people, it's really hard. And to your point, like they don't exactly go over that part in school. No, like <laughs> you do like a group project, but it's not sure. like it doesn't represent an actual, like there's not really any way to represent that. Yeah. Right. Like there's no real way to represent all the stuff in and out of context that you're going to experience because mm-hmm. you go to school and you're there at school for a certain amount of time. Like even if you're a dead mountain or you're in like Lambda or whatever, you go to school and you sit there and go to, you know, you're, you're focused on that one area the entire day and your context doesn't shift. Right. Yeah. And it's very simulated yeah. too. Like it's not exactly real life. Um, but here it's like, I've got my, like tomorrow guaranteed, I've got a bunch of meetings tomorrow. Guaranteed it's not going to go that way. It's it's not going down the way my calendar says it's going down. 
Like something's going to go down. Somebody's going to somebody's going to have a different issue. I'm going to be I have a time tomorrow morning that's like set aside for me to like design stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, guaranteed somebody's going to come on my desk and ask me a question, right? Yeah. Like well, now that you say that, I am absolutely going to do that. Yeah, it just that's that's just what happens. And mm-hmm. so that you don't experience that context shift every day yes. when you're in school that you do when you're in your job. And the big thing about that is like there's so many different types of context shifting. So like if mm-hmm. you if you had already finished the design and the handoff of a project and you're working on a brand new one, like developers are now building that and then you have to go back and forth like every few minutes. Yeah. Like they'll have a question for you. Like what about this? You're like, oh man, I didn't think about this at all. I'm going to go back and fix this design mm-hmm. and stop what I'm doing now. And it's no, like. That's totally true. Even if you're working on one design. Yeah. That's the only thing you're working on. You you shift your context from from future designing like what are, what are we designing for the future to how do I support the people who are building it now yeah like even that is a hard is a difficult context and many of us have multiple projects that we're working on simultaneously so yeah we're sh- and and the reality <laughs> is is that there's two or three projects like if you're lucky there's yeah. two or three projects if you're if you're unlucky there's like six yeah and you're trying to feed all of that stuff so it's even worse. There's a lot. It's it's crazy the amount of context shifting you have. I mean, like even we were talking about it earlier, like your day in the life, you did something for an hour and then you shifted. Mm-hmm. And then you did something else for an hour and a half and then you came back and shifted. Yeah. And then somebody stopped you between you going to the bathroom and coming back and asked you a question probably or something else came up and then you had to shift context for five minutes and somebody's like, hey, can I talk to you for 10 minutes about this? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like all important and it all involves you and all involves the alignment of all the design you're working on, but at the same time, yeah, you're, you're getting pushed and pulled a lot, mm-hmm. way more than you did in school. And your manager comes sure. up to you and just complains about all this stuff. Yeah. Like there's there's just so many things you have to deal with. He just comes over to your desk. He's like, what a, you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah. And argues with my PM yeah. all the time. Hey, man, I got to do that. I got to do that every once in a while. I can't like tell you all the time you're doing good because then you're like, yeah. oh, I'm a great designer. I got to knock your chip off your shoulder every once in a while. Can't, can't let it go to my head, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta let I gotta I gotta make you feel like you're uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, like so you, you can, so you, you can appreciate the comfort. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have the you can't any you can't understand what good is unless you fully embrace what bad is. That's right? true. It's very true. Which is also not true. In complete <laughs> Somebody posted the other day on LinkedIn uh, something about rock bottom. Like rock bottom teaches you more more about life and blah, blah, blah than, okay. <laughs> than like being happy or whatever. And I was like, so are you saying for me to be a healthy, well-rounded person, I should go like freaking inject heroin? And ruin my entire life yeah. so I can be a better human. So you can know. So you can have a, a true good old days, right? Yeah. <laughs> so asinine to that way. <laughs> hey, Andy, you can't do anything unless you ruin your life first. <laughs> like whoever created that graphic, do they understand what rock bottom means? Rock bottom means like everything's gone. Not That's like, true, oh, yeah. I stubbed my toe. <laughs> I think they meant stub your toe, not I rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how to live your life unless you've stubbed your toe once a week. <laughs> anyway, that was a good topic. I like yeah, that topic. I think so. I hope I hope it was helpful. 
my my call to action, my suggestion for any junior designer listening to this podcast right now, write this down. This is very important, Andy. Very important. If you want to know what a day in the life of a designer is, freaking go shadow somebody. Go shadow somebody. So, Patrick, how do you shadow somebody? Like, what do you, you do? You ask them. You hit them up on LinkedIn and say, hey, can I come shadow your team? Can mm-hmm. I come shadow you? When's a good time to do it? Yeah. And what Guaranteed will, most people are like, yeah, yeah that's great. They'll be come like, yeah, in. sure. They're not usually going to say yeah. no. They might be really busy. Sure, that's one thing. But, yeah. Some some companies, some people might be jerks, right? But I think I think you'll find that if you make that request, most people are very interested. Yeah. I I think it's I think it's fun. Most of the time, most people don't shadow me, so maybe I'm, maybe that's different. I people reach out to me and want to come shadow, and then I just hoist them off on you guys. Yeah, you too. So that's different. That's a totally different thing. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's I mean. I think it's. I think most people, especially in especially in our community around here, but I, I would imagine any community is the same way. Any tech community, like shadowing, is such a great way to see that kind of stuff. Because it's even hard for us to describe it without you being here and like walking through the paces. Like you might have the most boring, the most boring ass retro meeting mm-hmm. that you'll ever have. We had a shadow come in, and I can't remember who they shadowed with. But they took them to one of our engineering like retro meetings. Really? That's what they were having. That was like day in the life. And I, I walked past, and he was in there like just so bored out of his mind. <laughs> and then he quit design. Yeah. And he he's a, a he's a he he conveniently sells Teslas now. Oh, online. nice. Yeah. That's that's way better. I don't know how that works, but way better. The interesting thing about shadowing, though, is when you are. Uh, the shadowy, is that the right way of putting it? When you are the, the individual being shadowed, yeah, and you like it's that's the awkward part is like, do you just sit behind me and just watch me like move these <laughs> these rectangles around? <laughs> is that how it works? That's the part that I've I've always struggled with. There's um, a little bit of there's, like you have to accommodate that person. Like they can't just stand behind you and be all creepy. Like, but you have to tell them what you're doing. That that is a different thing, but. Yeah, okay. So you speak out loud like you're doing a user test for... Uh... Kind of, right? <laughs> like when people have shadowed me in the past, like it's it's just follow me around. Yeah. Like into the bathroom, uh-huh. same stall, like same the whole stall. bit. No, you follow you around to the meetings and then I'll, I'll try to explain stuff to that person, mm-hmm. like give them context. Like, hey, we're going to this uh, you know, planning meeting and this is what it's about and this is what we do and blah, blah, blah. And then they can observe and yeah. sit in that meeting or if like you're at your computer and I'm working on a design... I'll tell them what I'm working on, show them what I'm working on, what tool I'm working on, why I'm doing it. And what I've done that was more comfortable is I kind of like just <clears throat> talk to them about what I do too. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll like show them, like if I'm not like in a meeting or doing something specifically, I'll just like let them ask me questions, like whatever whatever they're, they're wanting to know. I just like yeah. go through it. They'll ask about tools and stuff like that. And Yeah, kind of like um, interrupt me. I'm going to work on this thing or whatever, but interrupt me when you, yeah. when you have questions. Yeah. Yeah. So as a as a shadowy, um, yeah, that's the right terminology, I guess. I would if you're a shadowy, shadowy, if you're a person that's letting somebody shadow you, yeah, like be generous about that. Yeah, because it's important for those people. It is like, and it's important for you to 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 give that back, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody did that for you at some point. Like, don't be a dick. Like, give it back. 
and and you know treat them with the same respect that you wanted to be treated when you were a junior designer right? yes i think that's very important then the other thing too is if you're a shadower mm-hmm. if you're the shadow <laughs> like don't be afraid to like ask people to do it don't be afraid to go shadow like i, I mean we've hired we freaking we've hired people to shadow yeah exactly and i think it's a like, great way for you to not not only learn about what, your, what this job is, but also make um, important connections. Yeah, companies. make connections. Build build your network right now when mm-hmm. you're still in school. Like that's important because your job you you get a job by who you know. You don't you don't get a you don't maintain a 20, 30 year job in the design industry by interviewing. You don't do that. Yeah, just sending out a bunch. You of interview a few times, and then when and then you get in the network, and then you're in the community, and you maintain that. Yeah. And so I think that's super important. Like the the early you, the earlier you start that, the more important you figure for your long term career. Because we've talked about this um, when when we have opened the gates for applications for designers, um, and you don't know that designer, you find somebody who knows them, right? Mm-hmm. And you ask about them. So if <laughs> dude, hiring one hundred percent of hiring is mitigating risk. That's it. Yeah, that's the entire thing. Is so that when you when you pull the trigger on somebody and you make them an offer, you're as you're as super confident that they're not going to come in and, you know, blow up your entire team. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole entire point of it. So the more, you know, that person, the, the easier it is for you to hire somebody. Yep. So if like, like honestly, if people, if people apply and I get three people that have shadowed me before or shadowed us or had made some kind of contact with canopy, they're way more likely to get an interview than somebody who hasn't. Yeah. And that's just like, it just it's because because I got to mitigate risk somehow. I don't know who you are, mm-hmm. but if you came in here and spent two hours with me once, I know more about you than the other person. Like easy, mitigates my risk. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's how you hired me. You just talked to a lot of people, and they're all like, "This guy is amazing, right?" No, we brought you, you in. <laughs> we brought you in. You were uh, you came in and just blew our pants off, dude. Yeah, yeah. Me and Tim were just like, "Oh my gosh, this guy." That's why we've never met up. a human being like this ever in mm-hmm. our lives. Mostly the voice, but beyond that, there was some skill there too. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I didn't know what I was talking about, Patrick. <laughs> no, but I can say it, like shadowing is important. If you're a junior designer, you really want to know about this topic. I would suggest come like shadow some people, contact us, uh, come in, contact, you know, go to, go to work front, go to podium, hit Blake Simpkins up on podium. He would, he would love to have everyone come shadow him right yeah, now. Do you, do you have his phone number today. right now? No. <laughs> go over to like rain focus, go over to, uh, Ivanti, um, go over to, uh, to, uh, plural site. Maybe, I don't know. I don't yeah. think people work up there anymore, but they might be, uh, yeah, go anywhere, hit anybody up, find somebody. If you're in a school, if you're in school too, ask your professor if they know anybody. Most of the professors, most instructors at the boot camps, they know people. Most of the instructors at boot camps work yes. at these places. So exactly, hit them up. Like hit anybody up that you can think of, and then be like, "Hey, I want to come shadow you," and they'll be like, "Okay, come on in for two hours." Yeah, and then you get a slice, and you realize how boring it really is. Right, Andy? again, man. <laughs> It's super boring. boring. Hey, I'm just trying to be real. I'm trying to like, I'm not trying to overhype it. So then they come in and be like, that sucked. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to go low. Okay. And then they come in and they're like, hey, that wasn't too bad. I, I would really enjoy that. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm fine with overhyping. I think it's a great job. Yeah. 
I don't know why I get paid to do this. It's a thing. I don't know either. We're gonna have to reevaluate that, Andy. We should. We should. That is a topic. I don't know why we're paying you <laughs> to do your job either. <laughs> um, okay, dude. If you uh, that that wraps up that topic, I think. I think so. Conclusion: Go shadow somebody. Really learn it. Um, you, you can support our podcast if you want to. You can buy a T-shirt. We've got some slick T-shirts on the website. Designmuch.threadless.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do need some more topics. So we're not like totally running low, but we need more topics in the machine all the time. Um, so yeah, hashtag design much topics, reach out to us, LinkedIn, wherever, reach out to us individually. Our DMs are open except for yours because you're not really on social media much. Like you're on, you're on LinkedIn. For sanity, yeah. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn and well, I do have a private Instagram account that I will not let you be a part of. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, uh, just email us up at topics, topics at designmuch.org. And mm-hmm. that email does work. It does. Did I you, did you last night? It does work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then come join us, come join a workshop. We've got a workshop coming up uh, August 30th here at Canopy, 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to run a design critique. We'll give you, we'll, we'll create some working agreements. The other thing that we need in that, if you're coming to that workshop, uh, bring a design to to get critiqued by a group. Yeah, not like by everyone. We'll split off into smaller groups, but uh, yeah, bring a design in so we can have real designs for people to critique. And don't be afraid. It's like we're we're going over like a critique process that's um, that offers like good feedback and not like negative feedback. Yeah. Um, so this um, isn't a teardown. It's not a teardown. This is a build up. So bring your stuff if you want it to get better. Hmm. Um. And then, yeah, you can raise up on iTunes, right? Yeah, We're you can. We're supposed to say that. <laughs> it's not a podcast. That's what classifies this as a podcast versus anything else, mm-hmm. is we have to say at the end, uh, go write us up on iTunes. Yeah, that and um, we're sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> we are not sponsored by Squarespace. No, we're by not. We we're not sponsored by Squarespace, sponsors. but feel free to go get a, a mattress from Casper. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, see you, Andy. <laughs> see you. <ya. laughs>